Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Fringe of It. Episode number 49. We're nearly at our half-century centenary podcast. We are. Do you think the Queen's going to message us? I hope so. Well done. I'll make it to 50 episodes of terrible sound quality and really bad jokes. (laughs) Well done on butchering the Queen's English. And the art of podcasting. Maybe, yeah, maybe she will. I wonder what you get for half a cent, half a cent. I can't even say it. I don't even think that's correct math terminology, but... Um... I'd, just, I'd just like to tell everyone, so we have a new po- podcasting recording time and it is 8am every Monday morning. Um, and already I think that that is reflecting in the quality of the content. I know. I know that. that I just, it's just, I, I'm... <laughs> you are right, babes? You're right, hon. I've got a tea of you. Do you want? Do you need someone to get you a brew? Tea. I'm fine. How's I'm fine. your week been? You're going on tour this week because you're Stevie Nicks. Oh my god! So I am off on tour in about two and a half hours. Well, um, thank you for is, giving me this time. You're. It's the meet and greet. No, it's. It will be fun. I'm quite excited. I'm also quite nervous. Where are you going first? Off to Manchester this evening. Yeah, it's so surreal. It's. I, I'm really excited because I feel like it's keeping that book wave excitement going. Um, but also quite nervous because I'm talking in front of lots of people. I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm interviewing more than talking, but still, it's an art. It's an art to master. Who are you interviewing, to, to, well, tomorrow? Tonight. Oh, tonight? Tonight, I know. I'm fresh off the train, fresh off the tour bus. You're um, not going to be I'm... fresh. I've just checked the weather. Pack a brolly. Oh, God. Well, it's always raining in Manchester, isn't it? Well, actually, Joe, you know what? Everyone says it rains in Manchester, but Joe says um, that technically they don't get more rain than other parts. Some, I don't know whether it's London, but there's like technically not that much difference in the rainfall. I am going to spend the rest of my Monday morning after we've recorded the podcast checking that information out because... Please do. I didn't go to Manchester Uni because I was like, it's going to be wet. Yeah, do you know what? That's the thing. So I've spoken to a couple of I've spoken to a couple of people, my my Met Office sources, and apparently it's not actually much rainier than other parts of the UK, but you know, we're just told it is. Interesting. So, so tonight's Manchester and I'm interviewing Nadia Craddock, um, who is incredible. She features in the book, but she is a body image researcher and does two amazing podcasts also. Um, called Appearance Matters and the Body Protest. So if you want further listening, further, probably more educational listening, they are both brilliant. Um, On the Body Protest especially, she and Honey Ross interview lots of different women about everything from food, diet culture, body image. It's so, so interesting. Um, And it's a really great listen. So I'm chatting to her this evening, which I'm really looking forward to. And then, yeah, just then I've got, 
Um, three other dates after that. Sellout dates. Sellout dates, I know. To thousands, no, to about 40 people each shot. But still, 40, that's 160 in total. That's you know? a party. It is. It's, it's, it's a wedding. <laughs> it is a wedding. I love that we just compare everything to weddings these days which we're going to talk about more in this episode but yeah just compare everything to weddings that's how I measure everything these days yeah cost people I'm sorry there's going to be a bit of rumpling now because Maggie has just decided to join me actually she's just if you could decide she just decided I think she's had a morning breakfast because she's licking so if you hear tongue smacking it is not me (laughs) sure sure how are you I'm fine, nothing to report, the sun is shining. I woke up this morning, June went to bed quite late last night, and um, I'm about to tell a really boring mum story, but Jack went up because she was creating a bit of a fuss after she'd gone down to sleep, and she'd managed to take her pyjama bottoms off and then put them back on inside out, and she was calling Jack up just to let him know. That's the kind of thing I'd probably do as a grown woman. (laughs) Joe, My pyjamas are inside out. I did it to myself. Um, but anyway, so she went to bed quite late last night. So she's she's normally up before seven, but it was like quarter past seven. The sun was kind of coming through the curtains and I was like, shit, what time is it? Because like, I don't set an alarm. June is our alarm. But basically my point isn't just to tell stories about my daughter. It is to tell you that it was light at quarter past seven and sunny and wonderful. And I'm I'm so happy about it. Do you know what, last night we said the same, so after a really gloomy weekend of Storm Dennis, at 20 Dennis. to... Dennis. Do you know what, apparently if we get to O, it's Olivia. Hopefully, it? I pray we won't get to O though this year, pray. Oh, I, so they start each year from the beginning of the alphabet? I think so. Again, Met Office sources. I think so, always love the weather me. But yeah, after the storm... There was a bit of sunshine yesterday evening and at 20 to 6, we had light. I I just feel like I'm going to be okay. It, yeah. just, it just changes everything for me and I'm sure it does so many people, but just kind of getting to... Get, I know I just walked to my office, which is in my house, but still there's that point when it was about 3 o'clock and it starts to go dark and you're just like, oh, what? No, I can... Do you know what? Even in the summer... I'm so much more likely to get up at like seven and feel ready. Whereas in the winter, if I set my alarm for half six and it's pitch black, I'm like, it could be one in the morning. I mean, literally, it's so dark. And I know that I've, yeah, like you said, when you work from home, you have the luxury of being like, okay, well, I'll sit in bed on my laptop or I'll do whatever. Like you don't have to then get up. But I speak to my mum who gets up at half five every morning and she, it's like nigh on impossible because it's just, you feel like you've had no sleep. Yeah, well, we definitely should take a leaf out of a tortoise's book. Tortai, tortoises, um, and hibernate. I know, they've really got it right. Yeah, but we're, we're fine now. Hopefully, yeah, we won't have any more storms because there's been quite a lot. But I went to um, Cambridge last week and it was also beautiful. I've oh. got a really nice, crisp, sunny winter's day. They are, they are gorgeous when you have that. That's when you're like, oh, winter, you yes. beautiful thing. I was like, I could deal with this. I was on the river camp being punted. <laughs> oh, I don't know why that's made me laugh so much. I was just basically trying to say that I wasn't the one doing the punting. But I'm going to move on because the more I go down this path, the funnier I'm going to find it. 
I like the idea of you punting along the river though and taking like a boat of people and you like really sailing that boat. I mean, I had essentially a maxi dress on. So I saw a guy who had taken his girlfriend out and he was doing the punting and it was not going well. He no, I was think... going left, he was going right. I mean, they, they weren't going in a straight line. It was not, it was not efficient punting. There was a chaotic energy about it. <laughs> so, so chaotic. <laughs> oh, it looked beautiful, though. I did see on your um, stories yesterday. I was, like, checking in. And I was like, oh, oh, that looks nice. Oh, sorry, I've got a new bird in my bird tree. Oh, go on. Twitch, twitch. I don't know what it is. I need, I'm going to get a book. It, it's brown. It's got a little bit of red on its head and a very yellow beak. Oh, initially I was going to go, babes, it's a robin. No, I can identify a robin, I can identify a blue tit, but that I've never seen before. We've got new bird seed that brings all our birds to the yard, and um, <laughs> that is a new one. I've not seen that one before. I definitely need to get that book. Sorry to interrupt. Ooh. I just thought you no. all needed to know. I'm glad your mind is not elsewhere, Charlotte. No, it's not. It's completely focused on the podcast. And <laughs> this week, we are going to bring, we've decided, so we're going to do shopping once a month, and we're also, once a month, going to do fridge fantasy so can we without further ado fridge fantasy oh we're diving into the fridge i'm hungry i've not had my breakfast oh no i have had my breakfast have you what have you had shreddies with a banana the banana was shared communally throughout the family so i personally feel like june got more banana than me i would like that though do you know my happiest day is when i have well so i have like banana with my cereal every day because i think it's the healthy thing to do oh, it's absolutely the healthy thing to do but so I enjoy the day where we run out of bananas and I just get to have a bowl of cereal sans banana <laughs> I think that I think that's today yay and I feel like it's like I'm like a child that's gotten out got gotten out of trouble by being like oh we've just run out because most mornings I'll be like right okay there is a banana have a banana it, it you know give you that energy no not today and it's, I think it's hard to keep on top of bananas because there is a very short window at which I mm. will eat a banana and it's just as they've turned yellow. Yeah, it's that cusp, isn't it? Because they go from being like greeny yellow where they make your tongue feel furry. Where you oh. bite into it and your teeth, how does it suck all the moisture out of your teeth? Oh, do you know what? I can feel it now. Oh, like honestly, if I start talking weird, it's because I've got the banana feeling. And then... We should have put like a trigger warning for people that don't like bananas because this is graphic. Yeah, my my, I've got a friend who hates bananas, so yeah. Me, me too. Sorry, sorry, banana. There must be a word for people who've got banana phobias. Yeah, it's like it's it's a lot, and then they obviously get to that stage where they're completely fine, and then they become banana bread contents, and that's it. Yeah, Jack always says because I'm always like, leave those alone. I'm going to make banana bread with those, and I probably say like. Seven times out of ten, I don't. Oh, no, same. I always, I'm like, leave it. And then they become literally black with the tops hanging off with like, a few fruit flies. And it gets really intense. And then I'm like, okay, I think that window, even that window is passing. Yeah, yeah. If anybody's got a recipe for uh, fruit fly bananas, do let us oh know. Oh, my God. Stop. This is awful. Um, we said this would be fridge fantasy. and There is nothing I'm fantasizing about less well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop this banana chat. I want to talk about two recipes that I cannot stop cooking, and I don't think you can either. Um, one 
It's not really like a recipe. It's more like a genius invention. Um, and I wish the person that invented it had never had never done so because I'm addicted. And that is Frances Quinn and her pretzel chocolate button mashup. Oh, she's a genius. Frances Quinn, for those of you that don't know, was on the, the Great British Bake Off. She made Liv's wedding cake. She's an all-round wonderful human. She's also the inventor of the bourbon biscuit brownie, which are addictive. Yes. But these pretzel chocolate things, I mean, you just get a bag of pretzels, a bag of but They have to be dark buttons. I've tried it with milk buttons. It's not the same. I mean, each to their own. You might want to do it with white chocolate or even those caramac buttons. Now I'm thinking about it. No. <laughs> just no oh yeah so 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 you said caramac and I just I was like oh I don't know what that is and I was like caramel sorry no 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 No. like the caramac you know those caramac bars oh yeah no okay back up back up not for you no fine okay well (laughs) let's get back to the point Um, and basically you just line all the pretzels up on a baking tray and then you line all the well, actually, reverse that. You line up all the Bourneville um, chocolate buttons on a baking tray and then you put the pretzels on top and then put them in a low oven and then the pretzel and the chocolate fuse together and then you put them in a jar and they approximately last about three hours in this house. Oh, my God. Are they like the coated pretzels? They taste similar when it went in the mouth. Um, No, you get more chocolate than a coated pretzel. Like, they're better than a coated pretzel. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're so, so good. Um, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. And the second thing that I've been cooking, um, and I don't know if it has a better name than the pasta shell dish. Oh, Manon's. It's so... I mean, that is a fridge fantasy. I just sometimes look at our Instagram stories just to look at the pasta. It is so good, although I've got a bit of a funny story about it. Tell, pray tell. Oh, a funny story. Because basically, we wanted to do it, and I sent Joe out to get the ingredients, and Joe was like, I'm going to make it. What do you want for dinner? And I was like, I've seen this dish on Instagram. So he goes out to get the ingredients, and bearing in mind, the recipe requires the big shell pasta, like big. Like, I, don't I know can how, only how find big. the big shells at Lidl, FYI. Yeah, well, I wish I'd known. So Joe came back with the little shells. <laughs> and you, you, do you want to know how long it took him to pipe? <laughs> he actually did it with the little shells. Honestly, he was like, I mean, he ran me a bath and he was like, Liv, this is taking forever. Dinner's not going to be till 10 o'clock. Because he was piping about 90 small shells. <laughs> oh, I'm going to lose it. I cannot believe he proceeded. The tiny ones. <laughs> the tiny ones. And I was like... How okay, can you even get the mixture in the shell? Honestly, so he he hadn't piped before, so there was that element. There was the element of, like, literally laying out about 90 shells of small pasta, having to pipe inside them. And he was like, it was a nice dish, but it wasn't worth all that fuss. I'm like, yeah, because the shells are meant to be, like, five times the size. <laughs> the best thing I think I've ever heard about anybody ever because actually when you do have the big shells the piping's like the fun bit it's like wee and you feel like a really accomplished like patisserie chef or something but um I bet Joe does now very accomplished yeah I mean I would very much like to try it with small shells I think it's one if you've got a lot of time I think we probably started preparing about seven o'clock and we ate about half past nine I mean, that's not for me. I'd had my dinner yesterday by 5pm. It was a Sunday, but done. Yeah, do you know what? I, I did 
I did text you about that. Not just about that. I wasn't pulling you up. But I did let you off because it was a Sunday. Any other day I would have been like tea at five o'clock is like proper nana time. Oh, it's brilliant. Then you've got all the washing up. Then when Jean's gone to bed, you've got nothing to do. It's amazing. Just to let you know, on pancake day, we're taking Jean out of um, nursery early and we're going to have pancakes at four o'clock. Oh my God, where are you going for pancakes? Oh, we're having them at home. There's going to be a pancake bar. I love that you're taking her out to do them at home. Yeah. Because she gets fed at nursery. She has dinner at nursery at like quarter, like half or quarter to five. So we've got to take right, her before okay. she has her dinner. What are your pancake toppings of choice? Well, I like to have a savoury one followed by a sweet one. Like I don't really want my dinner and then a pancake. And I don't really want to just have sweet pancakes. So I like a cheese and a ham one because with some ketchup on the side because I just do and mm. then I'm having Nutella and banana oh yeah that banana again oh yeah but but I think the it the warmth kind of softens even though normally I wouldn't like a warm banana um but in this instance I'll let it slide I am going to guess that you like a lemon and sugar one do you know what? I normally do three three sweet three or sweet like, yeah are you buddy the elf <laughs> I don't know why this surprises you because I am I'm a sweet I'm a sweet gal. I just like I have to go between savory and sweet. I can't commit to one or the other. Just cuz there's so many options. So I normally have yeah, lemon and sugar, Nutella and banana or blueberry with maple syrup. Oh. I would say lemon and sugar can get in the bin. Sweeping statement there. Lemon uh, no, sorry, what was it the one blueberry and maple syrup? Just just syrup, just syrup with pancakes. You're not interested in blueberries. I mean, you could do that for added health benefits, but I'm no I'm no nutritionist. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Fine, interesting. I just want the chocolate. I just want Nutella because the thing is, we can't have Nutella in the house like the rest of the year. Like, it's, yeah. it's not not really a thing because otherwise, I just put it on everything. It is a slippery slope. It is, because I've tried to have Nutella or Biscoff spread in the house, just, you know, generally. And um, that's it. Just everything else goes out the window. I'm just like a little teaspoon here, a little teaspoon there. And then before you know it, you've just had sugar for the entire day. Yeah, no. It's, yeah, it's dangerous. And I find even with that, with like the M&S crunchy peanut butter, um, which is exceptional. But even if I have like an apple at home, I'll cut the apple up and just dip it in that. And then I'm like, it just spreads on everything. Yeah, before you know it, you're spreading it on your cereal. Honestly. On the side of your tea. Everything. Honestly, by the way, also Maggie's just started snoring next to me. Um, clearly, she finds this chat riveting. Well, I mean, um, it is riveting. Um, let's move on from the pasta shells. Um, we've really gone off on a tangent. Um, I don't even know how we got here. We are very far away. I There's... there's Two or three other things that I want to mention. One is that we now have a Yo Sushi counter in Lincoln Tesco and it's changed my life. Woo! Round of applause. Everyone always used to be like, how is it living in Lincoln? I was like, well, you know, it's fine, but there's no sushi. I did see a pack of sushi once in Tesco and it had um, coronation chicken inside. Oh, wow. I love coronation chicken, but I had to draw the line there. And uh, so that's very exciting. And then also in the supermarket, we have found um, Linda McCartney's fake duck, which you could get with like the pancakes. But now you can just buy a whole bag of fake duck. And it's literally one of the fake, the, like, it tastes like duck. It's incredible. 
Oh, it's so good. When um, I was first introduced to it, I was like, no, that's absolutely not for me. But now that means that um, I can now extend my duck rep, my, I won't tell you what we call it, but it's fake and it's duck, put those words together and what have you got? Um, my fake duck recipes. Do you know, I did see your dinner this week, which was waffle, fake duck, and it was at peas. And I was just like, that, that is a, that's a lot to unpick. <laughs> I love, Please go with everything. It's like you just got into your fridge with your eyes closed and just gone for a lucky dip and gone, yeah. I was recreating, you know, duck and waffle, but the vegetarian version. Okay, I, I, I get where you were coming from. The peas. And the peas were just like, my peas to me are like your banana, but I actually love peas. I love them so much. But I wouldn't have banana on the side of waffle and duck. No, these have peas. Frozen peas are like the most reliable thing in this world. Like they just sit in the freezer and you're like, oh, I'm not quite up to my five a day. Quick, get out the frozen peas. Just chuck them on it. Yeah, they go with everything apart from cereal. Mm, I've also tried Linda McCartney's Southern Fried Chicken. Obviously it's not chicken. It was great. Fair enough. I just think that's... Some, not all vegetarian products are created equally, and I just think that these are two really, really, really good ones. Um, I eat meat, Jack doesn't, so um, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'd really like to not just have a vegetarian dinner, and when I have stuff like this, like, I don't miss it at all. I do love Linda McCartney. I did try some um, not Sorella sticks from Marks and Spencer's, and I was disappointed. Yeah, I don't know why people like a mozzarella stick, or... I like a real mozzarella stick. Oh, so this was a a vegan mozzarella stick. Yeah, called Nozzarella. <laughs> nice. Yeah, someone needs a pay rise, but not for what was inside. I haven't tried any vegan cheese. Um, I'm, I might give some a go. Yeah, I feel like I haven't, so I'm not. I'm not equipped to judge. I'm really not. Fair enough. What else have you been eating? Well, the only other thing I've been eating, I feel like we've been talking about food for a really long time, so I'll keep, keep it I'll keep it sharp. I'm really, really, this is really not, really unexciting, but I'm really into a smoked salmon bagel, which I've always been into. But after coming back from New York, I am on the hunt for a great one in London. Oh, and we need to get to Brick Lane. I really do. Actually, do you know, I was on Valentine's Day. Joe and I did not book anywhere to eat, obviously, because we are not the most organised people. But we were in Covent Garden and they've got the Covent Garden market, the food market, which is amazing. Never been there before. Where's that? So it's on Seven Dials and it's like opposite Neil's Yard. But it's kind of like the timeout style markets, like all like undercover, but amazing. And they have everything from like We've got bao buns. Um, they've just got so many different types of cuisine, and it's so amazing. But they've got a Monty's Deli in there. Oh, my God. Yeah. I dream about Monty's. I miss Monty's. Yeah, but it's there. So you can get your bagel. You can get your lovely your lovely things. Um, so I was over the moon. So I'm just currently in a big lux phase. Um, that's just who I am now. Fair enough. Um, I just want to go back to Montes. So Montes started out on, um, trying not to click my fingers, what is that market called? London Bridge. Oh, Borough. Um, no, Maltby Street Market. Like, yes. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they did a, a Kickstarter and they got another place, I think, in East London. I want to say 
old street, my information might not be correct. And now it sounds like they're going for world domination, which rightly so, because it's all kind of like pastrami, deli, amazingness. Oh, I'm thrilled that you can get one central. Yeah, I know. I don't even, I think, because they had a, a restaurant, didn't they? Like bricks and mortar. Yes. Um, And I think it's closed, because I did try and look. But that's okay, as long as they've gone more central, that's that's fine. We're fine. We're all all right. Um, I tried to freeze some Brick Lane bagels once. It didn't go well, but Ellie Pear um, told me that she froze them and it was fine. Oh, okay, so it is possible. Yeah, I think I need to try again. Maybe I just, I don't know, didn't wrap them up properly and they got freezer burn or something, because those bagels are the best that you can find outside mm-hmm. of New York, I think. Hope is not lost. And we, on that note, we'll close Fridge Fantasy or Fridge Nightmares as it kind of was for a little bit there. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that, guys. Shall we move on to Teletalk? So typically we would normally have our Love Island Minute and because of the news over the weekend, which would have been a couple of weekends ago, we are going to pause it this week um, just because it feels a bit insensitive and because the news has been quite challenging and difficult so we aren't going to include that this week but we'd just like to say if anybody is struggling with similar issues anything that's been covered in the media with caroline flack or around there um do head to give us a shout insta um and if you're worried about anything they've got 24 7 crisis support in the uk and you can text shouts which is s-h-o-u-t to 85258 this week jack got me to watch a Spider-Man film. Oh. Yeah, I know, you didn't see that coming. So it's called The Spider-Verse. And I just very much did... Are you all right there? Just the way you introduced it. Like, it was like you'd been dropped onto Earth. Like, it's called The Spider-Verse. Well, I had to, I've had to write notes on it because it's so out of my realm. So it was Monday night. I've pretty much watched the entirety of Netflix that's appropriate for my viewing capacity, so, you know, outside of crime dramas. And um, Jack was like, let's watch this. And I was like, oh, it just looks rubbish. Anyway, it was not rubbish. It's called, it's not actually called Spider-Verse. It's called Into the Spider-Verse. And it was written and produced by the same people who did the Lego movie, which I also love. And they also made Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs which I also love. So to be fair, this was a surefire winner. I just wasn't it wasn't sold to me w- with these facts. But it's basically um, an animated film, and it's just like you've stepped into a comic book. Again, I've never read a comic in my life, but it's so good. It was made in two thousand eighteen, and I would say it's the second Spider uh, Spider Man film that I have loved and enjoyed. Is it is it real life people? No, it's cartoon people. Oh. Yeah, it's all animated. The animation is absolutely wild. Like I've never seen anything like it. It's not it's not like Disney or Pixar or it's a really unique style of animation. It's very fast-paced and the way that they do it, yeah, each frame is like you're stepping into a comic book. It's it's really really good. I really enjoyed it. Oh, I do, I really I really I didn't expect that, but I'm interested. Neither did I. I was like writing my notes this week and I was like, this this whole list is very strange. We've been hacked. The only other Spider-Man film that I like, because I'm not into Marvel, but I did like Spider-Man The Homecoming, because I think oh. that's quite funny, the one with Tom Holland. 
I feel like you're a bit of a closet Spider-Man fan. I don't like the other ones. I don't mind Batman. Oh no! See, I don't mind Batman. Yeah, no, not not that. How about I have Spider-Man, you have Batman? Yeah, my mum really likes Batman. Oh, <laughs> I feel like the fringe of it's about to take a whole new turn. I know this is a this is a new genre for us. Um, but it was really good. So if you just want a fun. I wouldn't even say feel good. It was just, it was a really good film. And also brings up a lot of current issues. So it's quite good for children like that as well. Educational as well. An educational watch, which we love to see. Yeah. Um, What have you been watching? Because the rest of my list is a shocker. Oh, God. Okay. So over the weekend, um, we watched a film. So my brother came over. We were meant to be going to a gig on Saturday. And because of Dennis... We didn't, which makes us sound like pensioners. But it was really bad weather. And it was the other side of London. We were like, you know what? Let's stay in, get a takeaway and watch a film. And because I was outnumbered on the film suggestion front, I'd suggested, I think I'd suggested um, fighting with my family. Again? Again. I tried it again. And then something else I can't remember. But then we were looking on Virgin and under the best picture winners was a film called a beautiful mind which i'd never seen and joe was like oh it's one of my favorite films so i was like okay we'll give it a watch and it's got russell crowe in it jennifer connelly and it's about a mathematician called john nash well he's like one of the most famous well-known mathematicians i mean my limit my um, knowledge is limited on mathematicians which might surprise you but it's about his life um his life with schizophrenia and kind of overcoming it and winning the Nobel Prize and it was just it was it was really it was a really really good film incredibly acted quite sad um very sad at points um but it was just like I don't know sometimes I'm really I'm a really closed book when it comes to films and I'm trying to be more open-minded oh I said let- this to Jack which is how I ended up watching Spider-Verse yeah <laughs> well that's it like sometimes I feel like I, I know what I like and I'm very like Joe has got a really vast film knowledge and the other weekend we watched Ex Machina which has got Alicia Vikander in it um and that was amazing and these are films I just never normally watch and Joe's really trying to like coax me out of my habits and just make me watch things that are really really good um but yeah no I really enjoyed it but yesterday afternoon I was home alone it was raining and I was like, what shall I watch? I want to watch something I've not seen before. And I was on Netflix, which never happens. And I put on Julie and Julia. Oh, that film. Oh. I love that film. I also like to point out, I love A Beautiful Mind, but I don't think I would go in for a second watch because it's intense. It is very intense. It's very emotional. And there are a few scenes I kind of had to cover up my eyes for because I was like, I, I don't find this very nice to watch at all which very rarely happens very much watch a lot of films from behind a cushion but back to happier things julie and julia julia and Ju- Ju- julie and julia <laughs> so which way around is the julia 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 is that your first watch of that is my first watch oh, that is such a live purvis film it everything in it i was like there are so many elements to it that i'm like Everything about this isn't like me to a T. I'm sorry, if I'd known that you hadn't have seen that, I would have absolutely insisted that you watch that. It's cooking, it's blogging, it's Meryl Streep. 
it's New, it's New York, it's Paris. There's pasta. Honestly, there is like there is nothing to dislike about it. It's, it I could watch that film on repeat. In fact, uh, I, I had noticed that it was on Netflix recently and I was I was nearly going to go in again and I think I might just sack off work this morning. That's what I'm going to do. That's a real figgy pudding film as well. Absolutely. We need to find the creator of the word figgy pudding because we did not invent it. I will find out. Yeah, I know. We should do like an, a catalogue of the best figgy pudding Sunday rainy afternoon films. We've got to the point with Paddington now, Paddington 2, that June watches it so much that I think that we could reenact the whole thing. I mean, I could definitely reenact it. I just, I just, I just live for a figgy pudding film. They're the best. I put on on Friday, so Friday was Valentine's Day, and I was very hormonal. Um, it was day three. I, of... I wonder when that was going. Then I was very horny. <laughs> I was horny. I didn't think you were going to say the word. Wow. Um, explicit. Explicit. We uh, you look. You fumbled me. You said you said the word horny. My palms have gone sweaty. Um. <laughs> I was very hormonal. It was day three of my period and I was basically just very teary to the point like where I'd cried quite a few times but towards the end I just started laughing through the tears because I was like, this is ridiculous. Oh, that must have been quite intense. Yeah, it was a lot. Anyway, I finally found something because I tried to watch Cheer on, on Netflix and to be honest, watching... A, like loads of teenagers do backflips um just wasn't really making me feel any better oh I know I really wanted to like it and I think I'm going to try it again but it's just the mood that I was in that day I was like look at how accomplished they are oh so I had to switch chair off um, and then I found on I, I think it was like channel five or film for valentine's day the film Oh, yes. It's such a bad film. It is. Yeah. It has such potential. It's a bit like um, He's Just Not That Into You, where you have a cast of incredible people, and you're like, a a really brilliant cast doesn't make a great film. Yeah. I mean, I carried on watching it. I've, I've seen it before, but it was years ago, so I kind of forgot what happened. I mean, I didn't. I just told, I just pretended so I could keep watching it. But yeah, how have you got that many good actors in a film and it and it's that bad? But at the same time, I couldn't switch it off. But it, And then Taylor Swift turns up. And, and oh my there's, God. there's Julia Roberts and there's Taylor Lautner, the guy from, um, oh my goodness, Twilight, which I hadn't noticed for Queen Latifah, Ashton Kutcher, Anne Hathaway, Jamie Foxx, Patrick Dempsey, Bradley Cooper, Jessica Biel, Jessica Alba. How is it that bad with that many actors in? Do you know what? Speaking of actors, speaking of actors, that is a really, really, like, terrible tie. I watched the episode of This Does Relate of Modern Love with Andrew Scott, which was amazing. But I must talk about the fact that Ed Sheeran just appears. Yes, that is quite jarring. And it keeps happening in things. We've got Game of Thrones, with um, Yesterday. He just keeps appearing. And every time I'm like, whoa, 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 what? What? Like, why? Why are you playing? What? Like, I don't get it. Where did Ed Sheeran come from? Yeah, he keeps appearing in things. And what I kind of like is it kind of just, 
I don't know about Game of Thrones, I've not seen it, and I imagine he probably doesn't play himself in Game of Thrones because, you know, the timeline's probably off. I'd, just... I'd like more information on that, please. But him and Modern Love, it's like this woman just brings back a, a homeless guy and it's Ed Sheeran, and it's like you just cannot shake the fact that it is Ed Sheeran. Yeah, it is. Now, now I remember it, that was peculiar. And I just, it, I was like really like you know, welling up, getting quite emotional. Then I was just like, tears dried up. They went. Is that what Ed does for you? Yeah, they disappear because it like snaps me back into this reality, this harsh reality of Ed Sheeran. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's racking up his IMDb list. Oh, isn't he just? Yeah, hats off to the guy and gels. Mm, fair enough. Um, and then the only other thing that I've watched on this pathetic list of TV that I've watched this week um, is I started watching Tiny Homes on Netflix because I just love Tiny Homes. Oh, my God. I love camper vans, caravans, Tiny Homes. And I'm always, like, really interested to see how it works because I would – I mean, I wouldn't. I've got rid of a lot of stuff this January, but I would just like to know how people live in, in like, just make the use of their space and I don't know I'm just quite fascinated and um, it was it was good but it was really strange because like I watched the first two episodes and the the couples involved were like really concerned about what their parents were going to say about t- their tiny home and I was like oh well, I don't understand what <laughs> why we're kind of grown grown adults and you're really concerned about what your mom is going to say about your tiny house yeah, that's really strange. Really bizarre. Um, mm. But yeah, I am enjoying that. But yeah, the the parent dynamic is, I don't know, maybe it's a lost in translation thing between the UK and America. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Tiny homes have a bad, a bad reputation over there. Oh yeah, we love a tiny home over here. We have no choice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're on a tiny island. Um but yeah, it's worth a watch if you have, like me, run out of TV to watch. But this week I'm hoping for a cinema trip, so we'll see. Yeah, also, if, you're, if you've run out of things to watch, may I point everyone in the direction, last but not least, of Jeffrey and Pauline Walker on Instagram? Please. I cannot get enough. So last night, late to the party as ever, I was introduced to at Jeffrey Walk on Instagram and if, like me, you were completely in the dark as to who Jeffrey and Pauline are, they are, as their bio says, an old English couple living the best life together in footsteps of faith. And their feed is just the most wholesome thing I've ever seen. And it's just short videos of their day to day life, whether that's, you know, bird boxes, quilt making, cake baking. Sounds like looking, my life. Looking in the garden. And it's just so lovely. They've been together since 1951 and they are just the most wonderful couple. Um, and I just can't get enough. I absolutely love love Jeffrey and Pauline. To be fair, I forgot that I forgot all about them. I'd seen them a few months ago, went down a rabbit hole um, and then the algorithm's been hiding them. So I'm very glad that you brought them to my attention again. They're so cute. Yeah, get them back on, like some content, get it back on your feed. I I did, just before the podcast, I was like, 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 like. Oh my God, they are amazing. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. 
Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This week, we're going to talk all about weddings. We thought since we're both married now, and it's very much the time of year where if you are engaged, you're probably doing a lot of wedding planning. January and February for me this time of year, I do feel like I was doing a lot of wedmin. So we thought a nice roundup about what we learned, positive and negative, about the kind of getting married process. So without further ado, our topic of the week, weddings. That was lovely. You're welcome. Um, I didn't. I didn't walk down to the aisle to that. We walked. I, I walked down the aisle to. You'll never walk alone. What did you walk down the aisle to? Yes. Um. So yesterday. No, that is not what that was. Um, whatever by Oasis. Um. Sorry, I was doing toddler wrangling. I think at that point of your wedding. Oh yeah. No, we had a string quartet going. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. got goose pimples with that rendition. Oh really? Was it was it that stunning? No, I do remember it. Yeah, um, just to give context, there was June was was at Liv's wedding, and there was not a single soft furnishing in that room, so any noise that she made was quite echoey. So I was making sure she made no noise whatsoever. So we just kept going up and down this spiral staircase a lot through the ceremony. Bless her. And me throwing daggers at Jack. Thanks, Jack. Um, but we're not we're not here to um, analyse our marriages. Um, we are here to talk about our weddings um, and how we found it, and if we can give any top tips to any brides or husbands or I don't know people to be out there. How did you find the wedding planning process in general? I hated it. Honestly, I hated it. Um, That's not helpful, is it? I just found it quite stressful. I don't know if it was quite a stressful period of my life in general. Jack was working away Monday to Friday. Um, June is kind of a mini full-time job. And I was working and I was planning a wedding. And just generally, I found it quite overwhelming. Um... I don't know why I found it overwhelming looking back back on it, but I do remember being quite stressed about the whole thing. And I'm a bit annoyed because in hindsight, like there was no need to be that stressed. I think there's almost a pressure to be stressed, if that sounds weird. Like, I feel like because people talk about wedding planning and, oh my God, it's so stressful, oh my God, that you kind of almost, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Where you think, I have to be stressed, even if they're tasks that, are quite manageable or aren't that important 
you kind of just become stressed because it's expected of you to be stressed yeah I definitely kind of like lost my head a bit whereas if I probably just kind of sat down and was like you just need to rein it in sister do you know what I mean I just that was almost a Paddington 2 quote um I, I just didn't need to be that stressed. And, and also after the wedding, you, I can kind of see how there was just not a lot of need for it. Um, mm. But I wouldn't say that I particularly loved the wedding planning process. I did love my favourite bit of the process was the cake tasting and the food tasting. Mm. <laughs> so predictable. What about you? How did you find the process? I found it all right. There were times I found it incredibly stressful but in general, I I did quite enjoy it. I think because we had such a long time, we had we kind of sorted a lot at the beginning. We kind of left a lot till the end. Just smaller things we hadn't really thought about and kind of they crept up and hit us. We were like, shit, we've not thought about this or that. For example, in our venue downstairs, everything was in one venue during the day. So we had the ceremony upstairs and dinner. And then there's kind of like, it's called the Undercroft, where we have the dancing and the evening disco, essentially. Maybe a few weeks before, we were like, there is nothing down there. Like, there's no furniture. Like, if people want to sit down, we just hadn't thought about that. It was such an afterthought. But then I think as soon as you forget one detail, you assume you've forgotten loads. Even if you haven't, like all these things suddenly become really important to you, even if they're things you'd never considered. And I do think that's one thing that I would say to anyone that's getting married is just to not sweat about the details. We saw things on Instagram, which I don't know, for example, one one example I always use is that people fret a lot about like table names or things like that for each table coming up with something that's really quirky and original, like naming their tables after, I don't know, their favorite record and getting a vinyl, which is beautiful. But I think you can put so much pressure on things that if they don't matter to you, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I think I think it's about knowing what matters to you. For example, we didn't have a table plan. So we had yeah. table names. So we put everybody, we did a table, we physically did a table plan, <clears throat> but we didn't have like, you know, the big boards where people... Yeah. I was like, people, that'll give them something to talk about for 10 minutes. Oh, where am I sitting? Blah, blah, blah. You know, it was just one of those things I couldn't be bothered to do because... I just wanted it to feel like people were coming to my house, my very nice house for the day. So I just kind of, and it was just another thing to think about. Um, So yeah, whilst that would be really important to one person, it just wasn't important to me. And I think it's just writing a list and just keep referencing that list. Every time you do feel like you're getting, it's getting a bit overwhelming, be like, well, hang on, does that actually matter to me? Because I think the other thing that I wasn't bothered about was... um, Oh, what do you even call them? Favours. You knew. Um, Favours. It just didn't matter to me. It might really matter to somebody else and, I, and and I'm not like trying to pitch everybody against each other. If it matters to you, wonderful. If it doesn't matter to you, also wonderful. Like just don't get caught up in the wedding industry because I think that is very, very, very easy to do. I think that's it. And you can spend so much time on Pinterest or Instagram and getting amazing ideas and it is so exciting like I loved getting all these ideas but you can also become quite overwhelmed by them because I think it's so hard like one thing I found is you see all these things and you're like I do not know where to begin with them like I don't know how to make this a reality like I've got no experience in this I don't have the resources 
And it can feel like even the easiest things, according to Pinterest, seem really far off. And I think the thing with like Pinterest and weddings and all these kind of things is, and I'm not saying that we should be privy to that information, but nobody knows anybody's financial situation. And I think sometimes there's a lot of professional shoots um, that kind of get mixed up on Instagram and Pinterest and you don't always know what's like a styled wedding shoot. I mean, I can tell because I'm kind of like, that's ridiculous. Like most regular people would not be able to A, afford that or be kind of w- wouldn't need that and I think sometimes that's where the waters can get a bit murky yeah um, I you know I will come out and say that our wedding was bloody expensive which is why we decided to do it before we started saving for a house deposit because it was a big chunk of a deposit which might seem ridiculous but that that was the choice that we made um and I think that can be the thing you see this one thing and then you don't realize quite the work that you know, whoever it is, a calligrapher or a stylist, you know, how much they would charge for that particular thing. And I think that's always the kind of the worry is when you see something on Pinterest and then you're like, actually, that would cost you £20,000. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And that's the thing. And I think from having gone to a few weddings now, the one thing I hand on heart believe is that no matter what kind of wedding you have, whether it's a registry office a country house on the beach it will be special because it's you too and people are there to see you and I think you can place so much value and importance on everything there but I've been to amazing weddings which are so low-key and cool in that sense that I'm like it's amazing because it's exactly you and I think you can get so swept up in everything and it is amazing and it's so much fun but yeah I think it will be gorgeous because it's your vision and it's you as a couple and everything else is secondary what um three things we'll go we'll play tennis with this were you really pleased with that you either did or that happened on the day what were kind of some of your highlights I'm pleased that we had everything in one place. I think that was something that I really, really loved. I loved our venue. Um, That first was like, I think like we've said before when talking about weddings on here, I think there's almost a Venn diagram when you're planning and some of the circles will never, ever touch. Um, So for us, our kind of non-negotiable was wanting to get married in London. But obviously with that decision means that the cost of the venue is going to come into a certain category with a lot of venues there'll be recommended suppliers it's harder to get like there's certain things that will just never cross so like for example with your venue you were able to like bring in your caterer and do lots of things like that whereas I think with certain venues once you go on a venue other things are compromised which is just part and parcel Um, so we knew when we chose our venue that we weren't, we had to go with their caterers, which was, was worked out well for us. But initially I was like, oh no, but I want to do it this way. But there's just certain things. I think whatever you do, there is no such thing as this, like, I, I don't know this dream. There is obviously you can have your dream wedding and ours was our dream, but there's always things that won't touch, whether that's the budget, the food, the venue, like there's always things that won't all line up and you kind of have to prioritise what it is that's important to you, be it location, be it food, be it 
the kind of venue and something else will kind of give along the way yeah definitely I think um that's the thing and kind of what you said more eloquently than what I said before but is that you can't have it all or yeah. you can have it all but it will cost you a hundred two hundred thousand pounds and that was not the budget that we were working to um yeah you just kind of if you want the this particular venue you might not be able to have this particular caterer or like you might not be able to have, be able to have this particular florist and it's just all I think going into the wedding planning process knowing that you will have to compromise your vision in inverted commas because I don't want to say the word vision um in too serious a tone but um yeah you're definitely right on that one yeah so I, just, I think like first we really wanted to get married in London like we wanted Obviously, not everyone is based in London, but we wanted it to be primarily quite an easy place for people to get to and be able to get an Uber home. And we wanted it to be close to our home as well. And that was just important to us. So I think doing it in London was something that I'm really, really pleased we did. Um, and I love it. I loved our venue and we were really lucky with the weather, which I know wasn't a decision we could have made. But it's it is hard. I know you're you feel very similarly about like it is like again that's something that you just cannot change yeah I mean our venue we got married in October um and we had all weathers that day it poured it down with rain but we had the most beautiful spell of sunshine but I just knew that the weather was not gonna affect our day in any any way apart from people getting into the venue and people leaving that would be the only occasion on which they got wet if it was to rain all day so again it was just something to me like I just didn't want to be worrying about the weather yeah and that's the thing and like you accommodate for that though like with your venue for example there was so much everything was inside and it was beautiful it was still airy and the weather was secondary like you weren't like oh we can't do this now or we like it was just a bonus if it was good I know I really had to put a halt on rounders which was a shame (laughs) I'm joking. There was no rounders planned. Um, I think the thing, this, uh, I mean, I really hope this, (laughs) it's really not not that deep and meaningful, but my favourite thing about our wedding was the fact that I managed to hire a white piano and have a sing-along. That was... That's a brilliant idea. Yeah, I had this idea. I wanted to do karaoke, but I wanted to make it communal because I just thought my bridesmaids and Liv and I would just be on the karaoke all night. And I was like, that's not that's not cool. So I was like, how can I get a sing-along happening? Um, and then I had an idea, I think it was a Fools and Horses episode that gave me the idea, you know, when they're all around the piano and on Albert's playing and they're all singing and I was like, that is what I want. So my stars aligned, I managed to find, which is bloody hard to find, a piano hiring company, FYI. Um, somebody that would hire me a piano and a white one. I mean, I would have had a black one, but they just so happened to have the colour I wanted. Um, and find a lovely guy called Jack, uh, not husband Jack, Jack Watkins, who would play the piano. And then we had lyrics. And my other worry that it was going to be absolutely silent. And again, it might just be Liv and I leading the crowd singing Bohemian Rhapsody. But luckily, I would say everyone gave it 110%. It, they really really did there was there was not a silent voice in the room <laughs> it was so good and um I'm just really pleased that that worked out because um, sometimes I think you can go to like certain lengths and you're like oh well that was a bit of a, a what is the word damp squib yeah I don't know why I don't know why I'm using phrases we all know they're not my strong point <laughs> oh no I'm not damp damp squid is it a squid or a squib no it's a squib 
What is a squib? I don't know. Right, let's move on. Let's move on quick. Um, so that was one of the things I was really pleased about. Um, one of the other things I was really pleased about, and this is a little bit controversial, um, and I do feel like this won't be possible for everybody. And again, it may not be a priority of yours, but what I didn't want to do, we only had 80 people in, like we can only accommodate 80 people in the day, which sounds like a lot, but actually when you start writing out everybody's names, it's not. So first of all, we didn't have any children apart from our daughter and her two cousins, which were um, my brother-in-law's two children, Jack's brother. Um, because basically so many of our friends have toddlers and I was like there's we're literally going to be overrun by toddlers and nobody wants 30 under threes at their wedding like yeah just no um and I, no actually we had five children in the end and it was um one of my other really good friends I just knew that it would just be easier if their children came and they're they're kind of grown-up children as well so it was a little bit kind of I don't know not one rule for all kind of thing but I just kind of had to kind of go on, on an individual basis and then the other thing that we didn't do which again I'm really pleased about is we didn't invite anybody's partners who we didn't know um and again it was an individual basis so I wouldn't be like oh well you can come but your partner can't but I know that you're not going to know anybody and you're just going to be stood there on your own I was yeah it was more kind of like my school friends for example their husbands didn't come and I do know them but it was just I knew that if they came together without their husbands they would have a lovely time yeah regardless I think that's it I think that's probably one tip I'd say is that you don't have to treat your guest list as a one size fits all yeah so we had um a couple of people we didn't know um which we were totally fine with and it was more kind of those people didn't know a lot of other people so we said oh you know bring your girlfriend or your boyfriend or you know your sister who you know whatever we just want you to feel comfortable but everybody kind of because there wasn't everybody's partners there everybody kind of I think there can be that situation, and I've done it before, like, say if we go to a wedding and Jack doesn't know anybody, I'm just kind of, like, checking on him, even though he's, you know, he's a big boy, he can look after himself, but I'm like, are you okay? I'm just going to be over here, like, doing the conga, be back in 20, Um, (laughs) you know, because not everybody, like, you know, gets on, and everybody just said, like, that was such a good wedding, like... I spoke to everybody and everybody was just in kind of a bit more of a relaxed mood because they had, they just knew somebody or they'd like come with their mates rather than coming with their husbands or their wives. And again, I'm not saying, you know, sometimes I just have more fun fun with my mates than I do with Jack. Just saying. I think that's it. And I think there's a lot like, don't feel that you have to do anything because it's expected. Like we had a couple of children, but largely, yeah, like even with like plus ones, it was like, as long as no one was on their own, that's the main thing like you don't want anyone sitting there kind of twiddling their thumbs like I don't know anyone what else did I really really like I really so one of my favorite things I liked actually with the planning process in particular was discovering bride book and this is a website that has loads of resources on there but it means you can like it kind of guides you on what you're expected to do in time frames which I found so helpful um so whether you want to adhere to it or not, there there is a proper breakdown of things. So six months before, send out save the dates or whatever. But it guides you on what you should be doing at that in that month or in that period of time. Because I think even from the beginning, it's quite difficult to know when you should be doing things by because there'll be things that you don't think about until a few weeks before. 
um or things you think about a year and a half before that people are like I'll come back to us six months before and you're like but I want to do it now um so it was a really really brilliant resource for us and I have spoken about it before but just in terms of breaking down the things you need to be thinking about whether that's chatting to caterers getting a tasting in um planning your stationery and when you should be getting out by and if you even need to send it out if you want to do it digitally and it just it makes everything seem quite achievable instead of this huge lump mountain task. I wish that I had done Bride Book um, because I feel like that was a lot of my frustrations, whereas I didn't know, I kind of completely forgot about it. Um, I just did, yeah, didn't know when I should be doing stuff. And that's the thing. It's almost like your suppliers know when you should be doing stuff, but you're you're new, you're, you know, probably never planned a wedding before. Um and so you kind of don't know the lead times on things. So I was kind of a little bit like caught in the headlights. I was like, I just, what should I be doing right now? So it kind of means that you can just ignore a few things because you should just be focusing on this one thing right now because that's what you should be doing at the six month mark. You don't need to be trying to figure out or confirm everything at that point. And, yeah. And I think note to self for next time. I'm joking. Haha. <laughs> well, yeah, no, completely. And I think, you can feel so focused on trying to do everything at once, but it makes it feel like, okay, this month we'll sort out the flowers and the save the dates. And that's a nice task to get stuck into. Whereas I think if you're trying to do everything with people coming back to you saying, no, we can't organize that yet. It's too soon. You kind of feel like you're hitting loads of walls. Yeah, definitely. I um, would definitely recommend that. And I'd also recommend, um, but again, it depends on your personality. I did find the group a little bit um, stressful. I dipped in and out, but there's the Love My Dress Facebook group. Um, and people kind of go in there asking for recommendations and things. But every now and again, when I just thought nobody else is going to understand this this kind of stress that I'm having with the wedding you just go in there and there's other people that are planning weddings and you're like help me I'm feeling a little bit and you can just kind of vent and it's a closed group mainly for brides and they're like yeah don't worry I also feel like that too it's completely normal and sometimes like just to get rid of an emotion you just need to talk about it but you need to talk about it with somebody that might understand whereas if I'd said it to somebody else they'd be like sorry you're you're worried about the what the table runners no no sorry Whereas that group, you know, was kind of like, yeah, I get it. I'm stressing about table runners and cutlery too. Yeah, and it makes you feel a bit more rational as well. Yeah, you just need a safe space. So I think that's a really good resource. And the other thing that I think, I'm just trying to think. I'm like, I loved my entire wedding. It was wonderful. And the other thing that I really am pleased that I went to the effort of, and that is getting my dress made. There was a certain point during the wedding planning process where I was like, oh, I'm just going to buy a dress off the internet, just don't care. Um, and I ordered this dress and I tried it on. And my mum, my mum's really cool. Like, I think sometimes throughout my life, I just do things that like really surprise my mum. And she's like, you can kind of tell she's just rolling with the punches. She's like, I'm going to find whatever she wants. It's cool. Um, but mum was just like, are you sure you want to wear this to get married? And I was like, yeah fine like it's totally fine um and in hindsight I'm glad that I didn't go with that dress and mum was like why don't we just go and see the lady that I think could make your dress let's just see and if you don't want to you can wear that dress and it's totally fine um and then we went there and I loved the lady and we talked about budgets and what I wanted and it all worked out and I just loved wearing a dress that was specifically made for me because I didn't go wedding dress shopping 
I would say that there are definitely places that accommodate. I mean, I'm a 16, 18. There are definitely, most bride shops do, but I just got it in my head that I just didn't want to because I was really keen on not kind of losing any weight to get in a dress or a certain size. I just wanted something that fitted me. So yeah. I'm really, really pleased that I did that because I absolutely loved it. And I would probably say daily I have to fight the urge not to put my wedding dress on. Yeah. I mean, I've, I haven't put it on again, but I, I'm quite, I'm craving it. If you're not, I've put mine back on again three times. Oh my God. I'm so, I mean, I feel like yours is slightly more wearable. Mine's just sat behind me in the office here. But yeah, I've put mine on three times and I might go for a fourth today. Oh, you should have done it for the podcast. I should have done it. Do you know what? I I went to, um, oh, that's another a really great thing is the most curious wedding fair as well in, in London. It's on in February. So you've missed it for this year, unfortunately. But if you are getting married, not this year, but next, it's a really great wedding fair. And I did a panel there just talking about like good vibes and wedding planning. And I suggested to the other people on the panel that we should wear our wedding dresses. And uh, it went down like a lead balloon. Was it just you? Well, I didn't do it in the end. No. I was like, fine, I won't wear my wedding dress. Fine. I do think I can wear it again. I'm going to get a little bit taken off the length and some volume taken out of the skirt. And I'm good to go for a summer garden party, look Purvis. You are sorted. I feel like mine might have, I might have to embrace it fully. I think that you could wear yours again if it was shortened. I could. I feel like I'm just like... I don't know. I think it's going to take me a while to get to that stage. With a chunky cardi? You know, a, su- a summer... We need, like, a summer party vibe. If someone could just invite us to the Serpentine, we'd be sorted. Do you know what? That's what I'd kind of visualised in my head. I didn't want to say it, but, you know, that'd be great. If we get invited one year, we'll definitely wear our wedding dresses. Yeah, absolutely. Is there any? Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, I just want to talk about every single aspect of my wedding because it was the best day ever. I would, I think, my only other piece of advice to my past self um, and any other people getting married out there, but again, it depends on your priorities, um, but we both have the same photographers and they are, good photographers are worth their weight in gold. I didn't realise it. um, Until after the wedding, like I knew, I knew that, they were going to be wonderful but long after the memories fade and you kind of not forget your wedding day but good you can just stare at these pictures until the end of time and it's so worth getting the good photographers and not good photographers in the sense of they get the picture but they make you feel really relaxed as well I think that's super important yeah no honestly that like even like I think like with every supplier it's like choose what's important to you but like I think it's so worth it like investing can be worth it if you can um or just do a lot of research as well because I think there's a lot of photographers that are just starting out or junior that are amazing but if you feel unsure um or haven't got the budget to invest in like a really excellent photographer do a test shoot or like request request do like um an engagement shoot or something just to really feel comfortable with what you're doing and who you're booking because if you're not used to being in front of the camera, the like being in front of the camera for the first time properly on your wedding day can feel quite overwhelming. Obviously, again, everyone's kind of financial privileges privilege is different. But I think if you were going to cut a corner cost wise, I wouldn't do it on the photographer. I would try and cut it elsewhere because 
you may not remember somewhere else where you cut the costs, but the photographer, I mean, I still think in hindsight, the amount of money that you pay them versus what you get is still in like such good value for money. Um, yeah. Like you're getting hundreds of pictures. I can't imagine being a wedding photographer and I know you've, uh, Joe's done a couple of weddings and you've seen the process but going through the volume of pictures they must take to then edit those down into a cohesive album to then send to the bride and groom or the bride and bride you and the groom and groom um but I can't imagine how nerve-wracking that must be for a wedding photographer I just I just couldn't do it and um, so I just hats off to any wedding photographers out there because yeah I could not yeah it, it's a lot it's a lot having having shot a wedding with joe it's it, it's amazing but it's you have to be on yeah you have and also you have to like kind of those pictures they've got i didn't even know they were there i didn't even know they were in the room like i just didn't notice them obviously like when you're getting ready and stuff like it's quite intimate so you need to get a personality that gels and jill from the curries um she shoots with her husband chris I know that Chris made Jack feel really comfortable. Jill made me feel really comfortable. Because when you're getting ready, like, it is quite obvious that they're there. But it's it's absolutely fine if you've got a personality that gels. But the rest of the day, I mean, they're just darting around like ninjas. Like, I didn't even... I, I, don't, I don't even know where they were. Mm. No, they're, they're, they were amazing. Yeah, so good. And we've got the pictures. And we can... I can relive that whenever I want. Which, at the moment, I would say is at least once a week. Yeah, my, I mean, my dad watches his speech every single day. Yeah, I'm not joking. I said, Dad, it's, you're bordering on narcissism. Um, but it, it was amazing. It, his speech was incredible, absolutely incredible. Every day, wow, that's that's really something. Our video's not back yet, so um, I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, and I think that's everything that I've kind of got to say about weddings without turning this into a seven-hour podcast. I know, I feel like there's so much to go into. I feel like if anyone has any questions, um, we could answer them maybe as an add-on next week. But um, yeah, no, it could go on. I know we've both done um, a series of really in-depth blog posts as well. So perhaps we could link those as further reading resources in the show notes as well. I will ensure that I put them in. I say I. I'm not doing the show notes. (laughs) Jack's been doing the show notes for us. Thanks, Jack. Thank you, Jack. Um, and I will see you next week when you get back from your tour. I hope I hope the life on the road doesn't affect you too much. Oh, I'm going to come back a diva. I can imagine she'll be like, I want my own dressing room. I only want the brown M&Ms. Oh, they are the best. Actually, let me think what your rider would be. It would definitely be something from M&S. It would be the extremely chocolatey rounds, the biscuits. Um, it would also be the apple with peanut butter. Um, oh, there's so much in M&S I like. I'll have a think and I'll let you know next week. Okay, lovely. Thanks. That was really rock and roll. Have a good week <laughs> and good luck with it. Pims. <laughs> she had one Pims and she trashed the dressing room. Ah. I'm off. <laughs> I'll speak to you later. See you later. Bye.